0: is no stranger to the program he's one John Garcia John is a musician and frontman for the appropriately named pop rock outfit John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics He resides these days in Harrisburg Pennsylvania by way of to Grace Maryland He has a batch of new songs that he's been working away on in the studio which will hopefully see release over the next year For our conversation today, we are going to be focusing on the fourth studio album by the band Switchfoot. That, of course, is the beautiful Letdown, which was released all the way back in February of 2003. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest to the program.
1: John Garcia, welcome to Cover to Cover. It is really great to have you on the program today. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so
2: much for having me, ma'am. How's it going?
1: pretty good from uh from what i recall we're going to be discussing switchfoot and uh the fourth right. studio album from uh from these fellows here and it happens to be called the beautiful letdown what inspired you to choose this particular record from switchfoot
2: well first thing switchfoot's one of my favorite bands of all time i love i've always loved um john uh john foreman um who's was lead singer of uh, Switchfoot, and he's just really the genius behind all of it. To be, uh, to be honest with you, because like when it, when I first like started listening to music, it's sad to say, but I was just like a little lone Christian boy um, that would just listen, just you know, worship, <laughs> worship old song music. It was one of those things to where basically when I started. Um, Wanted to dive more into just other stuff. uh, Switchfoot was one of those bands, along with Relient K. Even going back so far as to like POD, um, things like that. And Switchfoot was one of those bands that just like really everything that I was thinking, and especially our generation was like going through at that time. It was really spinning. And and this album has a very special um place in my heart because it's like it's literally this album is literally what i will do i will literally put the this c in in the in the cd player as we're riding down the beach and sing every single song to the top of our lungs and it is just it is just a roller coaster ride man and it is just an awesome
1: talking with John Garcia here from John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics about Switchfoot's The Beautiful Letdown. And uh, John, you mentioned that the album is a roller coaster. Now, that really kind of dovetails really nicely into the name of the band, Switchfoot. Um, My understanding is Switchfoot is is a surfing term where you're constantly navigating, you know, different parts of a wave, so to speak, and you're constantly trying to figure out ways of adjusting and you know, before we really dig into the tracks, I mean, this the the, the tracks that's themselves melodically, sonically, whatever. I mean, they really they they give you everything on the spectrum in terms of more of a ballad versus you know something that's a little bit more of a rocker. Um, do you think that's accurate?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to that. I mean, the, if, if you know a lot about the guys, I mean, they're from San Diego, uh, San Diego, California, which is like. Close to where I'm from. I'm, I'm from Southern Cali- uh, California, um, and that that was also another reason why I love these guys too. Because like at that time, like in my teenage years, like I was living, I, I was living in Maryland, and really trying to refine myself and um and things like that. And this just put like a really like personal outlook on it. It was just like, oh, these guys are actually from where I'm from, um, and they're just it's so funny, man, because, like, I think these guys are close to, like, in are like, mid-40s now because, like, they have kids and, and, everything, and everything like that. But they've always been surfers, all of them. I mean, they, they train their own kids to be surfers. And, like, this is something that they pride themselves in. Because they released a documentary a few years ago. Um, just really, just breaking down like their whole entire career, and they were promoting their new, new album and stuff like that, and, and it was just really awesome, man. Because like you were able to see like this is who they are, and for the longest time, I like I swear to God, like I just never knew that these dudes were just uh, the surfer dudes, and they and they are just young at heart, man. Um, they're just very hipsters that are just writing music in their life and. They're just taking each and enduring each, each moment at a time and appreciating that moment. And I think that registers in their music still to this day because, like, you know, they've had their struggles as a band and, and, and stuff like that. But it's just, like, it's been really cool to see, I think, with John Foreman, with all the albums that he's put out has just been, because a lot of people don't know this, is that his brother um, basically writes the music with him which he uh, plays bass, uh, bass in the band too. So it's just, just the constant love that he has for the music community, for his fans. When you go to Switchfoot shows, John Foreman will always come up to his fans and like maybe bring out an acoustic guitar and just sing. And just the connection between like him and his fans is just so unreal. It's so cool, man. It's like if when you're part of like the Switchfoot family, it's it's just unreal,
1: man. Talking with John Garcia here, John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics about all things Switchfoot and their fourth studio record, the beautiful letdown. John, it's obvious that you love Switchfoot. Can you describe uh for our listeners here, you know, kind of when you first heard, you know, of the band or uh what was your entree into The Beautiful Letdown?
2: Well, um, it's actually kind of funny. It was, it was kind of a few people that were, were talking about them. Like, like I said, like I was raised in church and things like that. And I I just didn't want to listen to church music anymore. And I was trying to figure myself out because, like, at that time, like, I'm a pop kid, so I would listen to, like, Insync, Insync, 98 Degrees, like, Backstreet Place, like, all that stuff. But I just wanted something, like, more grungier. So at that time, I'm listening to bands like Nickelback, Trap, like, Don't Hate. But, like, I, that's that, I, those are the bands that I would just, like, Incubus, um, stuff like that, Chevelle. Um, and I was – I didn't want something too dark at that time, but I wanted something a little pop, uh, a poppier uh, and polished. Um, and I remember – me and my friend Jake, who were like starting a band at that time, he'd shown me this uh, this band, and I was like, "Who the heck are these guys? These guys are freaking awesome!" And then I just remember going because I was in Maryland at the time, driving down to Ocean City, uh, Ocean City, Maryland, and my sister Jess was playing this this album, and ever since then, I have fell in love with it. I love every single part of this album. It's not just the sound. It's about, it's honestly the perfect timing in our world with everything that like we were going through. And I think the really cool part is the connection that I felt with uh, this with album. Because um, there's a lot of like really popular subjects um, in this. But I think the constant theme of this album, just to get to it, man, this is your life, man, and and it, it, it and, and it's really cool because like John Foreman talks about that one line: "This is your life. Are you who you want to be?" And just like really being at that spot and just, maybe I'm I'm maybe like 15 or 16 years old, and I'm asking myself that question: Am I who I want to be? And just drawing in that moment of being like, okay, I really want to take advantage of this moment wait i want to take advantage of every single moment that i live and it just from, <laughs> from the very first track to meant to live to like the very of uh, the the very 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 last uh last track um it just it just draws you in man and like I forget how long uh, how old the album is now but still just re-listening to these tracks it's not a nostalgia thing it's, the tracks still speak to me.
1: Yeah, it's getting close. Uh, it's about, um, gosh, February 2003 is when it's released on Columbia Records. So in a couple of years, it'll be celebrating its 20th birthday. But I want to ask you, you started alluding to this um, right now. What are your favorite tracks on this album? And you know, tell our listeners you know, why. You can select a couple or we can literally go track by track. It's you know, it's you know, funny.
2: I didn't think I would uh, I, I would have liked every single song. So when I re listened to this whole entire album, you know, there's maybe one or two like uh, like uh, I could go without but man the album is pretty goddamn perfect. I mean like I hate being that typical fan that's like like no, every single song's great but literally um every single song is it's awesome and it's so hard picking which one um, that I love the most, but probably I mean like each track has like a personal feel. So yeah, we can um, we can start with "This Is Your Life" track yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, "This Is Your Life" is just, is exactly what I was talking about, man. You know, it, it like it just draws you in, man. Like. You being like a fifteen or sixteen year old at at, at that time, because like you got a better mind too. I mean, like Switchfoot like had a very comfortable market. They were in this, <laughs> they were in this Christian, you know, we're gonna bring our kids to your show and you know, family friendly like uh, type of thing. And at that time, like the ages were just different, man. It was it was just different the the, the way that it is now. It, it it was just honestly perfect the way they just uh, just released it, uh, this album. It was almost off-putting how outspoken they were. Because, like, if you listen to their previous albums, like it's like, oh, okay, it's all right. You know, but they were very outspoken in terms of, like, you know, the safety
1: uh, guards of,
2: <laughs> of the Christian network. And um, I think that's why this album blew up.
1: What speaks um, to you about This Is Your Life in particular?
2: The overall message. Um, mm-hmm. The the main message of just, like, this is your life and are, are you who you want to be? And being able to just really think about where you are in your life, um, what are the steps? Like, you, you can have a vision. You know what I mean? What is mm-hmm. that? You know, like you're thinking of a 15, 14, 16 years old who's like, oh, like my parents like do everything, <laughs> they do do everything. They make decisions for me. Oh, I'm supposed to make a decision for, uh, for myself. And I was thinking about that as I was like listening to this and I was just like, man, this really sculpted the foundation for me of like basically being at the spot of like, hey, I'm going to ch- take charge of my life. These are my dreams, and I'm going to go
1: for them. We are talking with John Garcia of John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka about The Beautiful Letdown, which, of course, is by Switchfoot. Um, John, we've been speaking quite extensively about This Is Your Life. What is the next track you would like to talk about?
2: Let's let's go to about the ending, Uh, 24. 24 is a really cool track. Exactly. Um, the track was inspired by uh, by, uh, by a scripture, um, which is really cool. Um, and it's just a really, again, the constant theme is like really questioning yourself and seeing like what journey you want to take. And um, it's just really encompassing that uh, that feeling and one of the main reasons i love 24 is because it's being like i appreciate where i've been and i appreciate even the mistakes that i've made Mm -hmm. but please forgive me you know through all of that
1: i wonder if there's a correlation between the number of hours in any given day and the types of things that uh that are being sung about in this song. Um, You know, one lyric that stood out for me here is, there's 24 reasons to admit that I'm wrong, with all my excuses still 24 strong. There's some elements of redemption among, you know, the havoc that's been wreaked in somebody's life and ways of uh, uh, somebody, you know, trying or attempting to repair things. Um, What do you take away from this song?
2: Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely like it's, it's funny re-listening to these songs. I, I was just listening to that one last night, and um, I was just like, and this song still registers with me. Um, it's in a weird way, it's like reflection, but it also in a weird way, it's a call for, for help, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and being like, hey, I'm gonna mess up, but like. I'm still trying to push forward with my life with absolute sincerity. And I think the main reason why I love this song is just, I think in, in music, especially nowadays, like things are so polished. You know what I mean? Everything is like so edited out. And mm. the absolute like rawness that is here, human emotion that uh, uh, that's just here is just, you can't erase it.
1: Yeah, it can be jarring for some, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it was just really refreshing just re-listening to this, to this song because I was just like, we say this all the time, but it's like, you know a great song is a great song when you can feel the that person's or that artist's emotion within the first five seconds. And um, I definitely feel that still almost 20 years later. (laughs) Like, I felt like I was was freaking 15 15 or 16 years old again. Just Mm -hmm. being like, man, one day I want to write what, like, this guy writes. Um, And it's just, this song just really still speaks to me.
1: Talking with John Garcia here of John Garcia and the Hopeless Romantics here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka about Switchfoot's the Beautiful Letdown, a record that was released back in 2003. Been talking about the track titled "24." John, what's next? What other tracks would you like to discuss?
2: Um, let's do because they're all so catchy. Let's talk about the Beautiful Letdown. Okay. Um, title track, the ta- yeah. The title track. You know what's so funny, ma'am, is like everybody thinks. When you have, like, the title track, like, that's going to be the single, right? A lot of these songs, like, and actually, they they were on the charts. Like, meant to live, this is your life, more than fine, gone. Uh, uh, gone um, I mean, even tw- uh, 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 24. I mean, like, the beautiful letdown just was not on the radio. Hmm. It wasn't. Like, if it was played, it was, like, just because the album was popular. Uh, but like again it starts out with this very like synthy just very a uh, creepy tone. Um you could even stretch now like indie synth rock. Um and it's just really asking that question, Do I belong here? And again, I mean, it it registers to to that feeling of just being, uh, of being like asking those questions of, uh, of yourself, of your own sanity and, and things like that. I mean, like, Hey, what are the, what, uh, what are the things that I'm going to choose for my life?
1: I wonder if this is a band that's grappling with some newfound fame. I mean, they had just signed to a major label and, uh, trying to make sense of it all and make sense of the world. And, and, uh, you know, make sure that they were staying true to, you know, what exactly they believed in and, and their principles.
2: Yeah, because these guys weren't guys that were just like, hey, we're, like, cause even though, like, they were in this, like, the Christian market and things like that, I think, like, a lot of bands die, like, and, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but it's, like, I think a lot of Christian bands die right now, the and especially back then because there's so many pastors or there's some, uh, so many Christian stereotypes that are like, oh, you need to write things this way. Oh, you need to go about life this way. Like a formula and, or something. Right. That well, That's exactly what it is. And I think Switchfoot, in their own way, basically gave a lot of those people a very passive aggressive middle finger. And they were just like, hey, that's nice, but we're going to we're gonna write, you know, what's in our hearts right now, and they've just always been a band like that. They've never, they they've never been a band that's just been like, oh, we're just gonna go with, within this hole and you know stay as stay within this hole. And I just think so many uh, so many quote unquote Christian rock bands like died this way. Like, yeah, sure, like they were w- within that market, but you gotta also remember, like, they lost a lot of they lost a lot of fans because of this album, too, because hmm. a lot of people disrespected them because they were outspoken about their feelings. We're going to talk about what you guys are feeling because I'm feeling those same things, too.
1: Kind of a Jerry Maguire moment. You know, who's with me? Yep. What uh? What else can we talk about with regard to the title track?
2: Well, I was also going to say, one yeah. of the cool cool things about that is that it kind of, like... I don't think they planned it. To be honest with you, it is like it kind of started a movement of challenging one's thinking. There, there's a lot of people that are just like, "Hey, this is the way that you're supposed to think." And I think this band really like encouraged the thinking of like, "No, screw that! Like, you can think whatever whatever you want to think that
1: doesn't dictate your faith."
2: And I think that uh, that was something that was uh,
1: really dope. Yeah, and there's a line in here uh, that references uh, a book by Steinbeck uh, of Mice and Men uh, dreaming about providence and whether men, or excuse me, and whether mice or men have second tries. Maybe we've been living with our eyes half open. Maybe we're bent and broken. Yep. I mean, what, what exactly does that say? That you're not necessarily always seeing both sides of the coin of any any given issue that that could be considered 120%, controversial.
2: Hundred twenty percent, and like these guys were just like like John Foreman is the genius of like writing like all, all all that stuff. Like yeah, he writes some stuff with his his brother Tim, but to my knowledge, like I think this uh, this was all John. A lot of a lot of the, uh, the writing on this was. Re- was really all John and I think he was stemming a lot from his Christian experiences yeah I I just think that every single one of these tracks really encompasses that specifically what you just said too um but it's just it's so interesting that it's like you can like have somebody like over a pulpit that just tells you like hey this is the way that you're supposed to to live your life and it's like I'll definitely appreciate where you're coming from, but at the same time, it was just like, "Hey, I'm going to do my own thing, and you need, and you need to respect that." And I just think that a lot of people didn't, and that's and that was honestly the weird divide that like Switchfoot did go through, and they do talk openly about that.
1: Yeah, and if we're you know just referring back to 2003, this is still very much pre social media and different communities that exist where you can you can find that support, so to speak. There just um, was not
2: that support back then. It just no. was not that.
1: Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, John, if there are no additional tracks that you would like to discuss on the record, I think I'd like to close up our conversation by talking about cover art. Um, yeah, ma'am. Sound good? Okay. All right, so as you know, we live... In the 21st century, everything's happening at such a, a rapid clip. Um, but one thing that's never changed when it comes to the way music is released, there's always some sort of supporting artwork, and of course, that is commonly known as cover art. Um, when you look at the album cover for "The Beautiful Letdown," what kinds of images are conjured up in your mind? Um, what does, you know, does it speak to you in some particular way? What well, say you?
2: You know, it's so weird because I think of multiple things. God, um, so I first think of the band. Um, it's so funny that you brought up, like, the band's um, name and everything like that with surfing. That's the very first thing uh, that uh, uh, that I think of. Like, you also got to consider at that time, like, skateboarding with element boards and things like that was, like, really, really huge at that time. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I believe, like, it's a pull that, that that they're inside of. Um, and this band loves that stuff. <laughs> like, they just really drew to their community when it came down to surfing, when it came down to skateboarding, like, all that stuff. Um, especially with the uh, Tony Hawk generation. And musically, I think it's, like, so captivating to where, like, it just draws you in. So what I mean by that is that, like, very much kind of like the Nevermind record Nirvana was very different. It was very raw and straight to the truth. That's what I think of this uh, cover. It's like, what is? What are these? Who are these guys? And then I found out later, and then uh, like their other albums that they had. And then I was like, wow, like this is this is awesome. So oh, in a weird way, kind of like this album drew me into their previous work. So like. You know, living in Southern California and just spending all day, you know, basically surfing or, you know, skateboarding and just having a blast, a blast for your friends. And I
1: think they really just got it right. John, John Garcia of John Garcia and the Hope of thank you so very much for being on the program today. I enjoyed getting to, you know, listen to your uh, perspective about Switchfoot
0: and uh, the beautiful letdown. So, Thank you very much for coming on.
1: Yeah, ma'am.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Thanks so much to John Garcia for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcast, whether that's on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or maybe Amazon. Take a moment to tell your friends and your family about our show. Let us know how much you like our show by giving us a good rating. That will certainly help us appear higher in search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at cover cover conversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicola at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.